0: The dopamine's being released, the happy endorphins are there, and we feel better in our body. It's it's those reminders to get into your body um, and to be in your body and not separate from your body. Welcome to Radically Loved
1: Radio. I am your host, Rosie Acosta, yoga teacher and teacher trainer, mindfulness coach, speaker, and creative writer. I am also the founder of radicallyloved.com, a website where you can go for more information about yoga, mindfulness, meditation, and lifestyle advice. On this podcast, we talk to people within our health and wellness community that are creating content through the ritualistic practice of yoga, meditation, or overall mindful living. We hope to create value in your life so that you can achieve your highest potential and live a radically loved life. To stay in touch with us, just follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Rosie Acosta and on Facebook at Radically Loved Rosie. You can sign up for our newsletter on radicallyloved.com to stay up to date on future workshops, retreats, and latest podcasts. Hey guys, most of you know that I have returned back to a plant-based diet, so my beverage consumption has increased quite, quite a bit. Don't judge, I know there's some of you out there that really enjoy beverages. So one of my favorite things to drink lately, which I'm consuming a lot of, is Four Sigmatic's new golden latte mushroom mix. It has shiitake and turmeric in it. It's totally organic, caffeine-free, vegan, and only one gram of palm sugar per serving. I love being able to travel with these little packets because they're really easy to make. All you need is some hot water. Some of the additional ingredients in the golden latte are adaptogenic Tulsi, warming ginger, and a pinch of black pepper to support turmeric skin-loving properties. So not only do your insides feel amazing, but your skin looks great. Go to Four Sigmatic now and enter promo code RADICALLYLOVED, that's R-A-D-I-C-A-L-L-Y-L-O-V-E-D to get 15% off of your entire purchase. Be sure to check out all the other products that they have there as well. Hey, listeners, we need your support. Help us by subscribing and rating to this podcast. Send us a snapshot of your review or comment, and we will send you a very special Radically Loved gift. Send your comment to info at radicallyloved.com. You can also click on the show notes here on this podcast for more information. If you want to be part of our community, please click the link to our private Facebook group, on the show notes of this particular podcast so you can be the first to hear of upcoming trainings retreats and special radically loved events thanks so much for listening
0: my name is kelly lebeck (laughs) i started a consulting business called be well by kelly in um 2012. Uh, i had gone to a health coaching school i in 2011 to 2012 Um, because I talked about health and nutrition all the time and I had a career in cancer and genetics, but really just wanted to help my friends feel their best. I really understood the like nutritional biology and, and was inspired by it. And it was my hobby to read about it. And, um, I felt like I could really help people. But when I graduated from USC in 2005, being an RD or Um, even, you know, kinesiology or dietitian or whatever, it was sort of, you would end up in a dialysis center helping really sick diabetics, or you'd be in a cancer hospital helping people keep weight on, and that's not really what I wanted to do. Like, I wanted to support people to prevent disease, and I really wanted to support people to get rid of food anxiety and the stress that comes, you know, with this whole diet, mentality. So I started the business as a side hustle in 2012. And then September of 2015, three years later, I finally put my big girl pants on and and left my big corporate career and took Be Well by Kelly full time. Had a little bit of a freak out, flew to New York, tried to sell a book. Um, And here we are today. My book, Body Love, came out last June. Um, I'm sitting here on this pillow in your living room, 37 weeks pregnant. I promise I'm not going (laughs) to let my water break. Um, And my second book, Body Love Every Day, comes out in January. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. That's Mm. right. So are we getting the first insight? Yeah. I mean, I have... I mean, people know that it's coming out, but like, uh, it's actually available for pre-order on Amazon right now, which is super cool. I haven't revealed the cover, so it looks sort of like... (laughs) Just a blue cover. Just a blue cover. <laughs> Just trust us. Yeah. I promise it, it will be my book and there will be something, either myself or food or something on the front of it. We're trying to figure that out because I shot my cover photos eight months pregnant, no big deal. (laughs) And they're like, hide the belly. I'm like, great. Okay. (gasps) (laughs) Sure. Totally. (laughs) You're like, I can do that. Yeah. Yeah, Not a problem. (laughs) Yeah. So,
1: I mean, you've had such an incredible journey. I mean, and I want to dig into all of those things because first of all, becoming an entrepreneur and, and doing this, especially as a woman, like out in the world, like, you know, going after what your dream is and and wanting to help people like and having that freak out moment which you know people listening to this especially those that are entrepreneurs can really relate to that so can you speak a little bit to what that was like for you
0: yeah I mean (laughs) it's really funny to look back because I was um I was leading a team in cancer and genetics. I covered the eight west coast states. I was on an airplane 3 to 4 days a week. I had, you know, companion passes on Southwest and medallion status and lounge access and all that. That I was living that life. I was walking, you know, into cancer centers in a suit where, you know, I was making big presentations around genetics so that they could start incorporating that into their practice. Um, I was looked at as an expert in that space and I, you know, I left all of that sort of, it's interesting like, I don't know, to think about it now because you, people look at that and they're like, that's so amazing, you're so accomplished and I don't know, I just, it wasn't me. Like, I was good at it but it wasn't, it wasn't really, it wasn't my true north mm-hmm. and I knew that. So, you know, you leave the money on the table, the security on the table, (laughs) even just going to parties with my parents, friends, and they're like, what are you doing now? You know, and they're worried. So they're telling my mom, like, is everything okay with Kelly? Like, what is she going to, you know, this transition, what is she doing? Like, how are her and Chris going to survive? Like, you know, when is this going to put their whole life on hold? Like, is this a midlife crisis? <laughs> you know all of the, all of the noise around that, and it's so amazing because going out on your own to be an entrepreneur, especially to follow something that isn't solid, you know, that is that I'm sure people looked at my Instagram and they're like, "Oh, Kelly has a new hobby," you know, um, or it's mm-hmm. it, it all the insecurity floods in from that. Um, but whenever you start your own business, I mean, you have to believe in yourself against all odds and. I mean with some of the closest people to me like my dad you know is like are you sure that this is the right decision for you you know and it's funny to me because last August um you know a little over a year ago he was sitting in the green room with me at GMA so it's had I listened to him and and been afraid and full of fear um uh, I wouldn't have been resilient and I wouldn't followed my path. I wouldn't have followed my passion and I had to fearlessly step into it and treat it like a full-time corporate job and (laughs) write a bunch of articles for websites for free and cold email people knowing that I'd get rejection emails back. And yeah. Yeah. I I I,
1: I love to hear that because especially, you know, um, obviously I can relate to that because a lot of the times people just look at the outside and they see an article or they see some press or they see you doing a speaking thing and they think like, Oh wow. Like that just happened overnight. And people don't see the behind the scenes, like sitting in your pajamas, like on your computer, like for hours, like, you know, emailing or writing articles or, you know, working for free, you know? And, and, I think it takes a lot of, you know, tenacity and resilience to be able to go through those moments, especially when you feel like there was moments where I'm sure you questioned, am I doing the right thing?
0: Oh, yeah. I think the fear, I mean, look at, I I side hustled this job for three years. Like it was, I had in my mind how I was raised was, You know, I I come from a, a pretty solid family, actually. Like, my parents have been married for over 40 years. I have two younger sisters. Like, everyone's healthy. But there were there were standards and rules. It was like you you know, you sign up for a soccer team, you play the whole season. Like you show up. Like if you sign up for something, you show up. And this is what we expect. We expect you to go to school, we expect you to try your best, we expect you to get into college and graduate. We expect you to be able to take care of yourself. Like we're not gonna dole out money or pay off credit cards after you graduate. Like it is my parents took it very seriously in raising adult it their job in Raising us into adults. Um, and because of that, I didn't think creatively. I wasn't like, ooh, but like, what am I drawn to and what do I love? I, I just, I had a goal, which was, you know, get through four years of high school, graduate, get into a, get in, not even get into a college, get into USC. Go to USC for four years, graduate. I have 27 relatives that went to USC. Are you serious? As the oldest of three girls, I was completely brainwashed. There was no other school that I was... I have pictures of myself. I'm that annoying. And and my husband's a Bruin, so this is like the the most ultimately... It's just so annoying for him, but, you know, it is is what it is. And my younger sisters both didn't go to USC, but I checked that box for my dad, you know? Um, but you don't really, I didn't really think about it. It was just like, okay, I'm in the, I'm, I'm moving forward and I'm going, 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 but it doesn't like give you the space and the freedom to really look inside and cultivate passions and creativity. And I don't know, it's interesting, you know?
1: Yeah. I, I love that because I, I feel like even in that there's still so much autonomy, you know, and I feel like that's, part of that is what it takes to be able to overcome those hurdles that come in when you're trying to build something. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I, our upbringing was complete opposite. Yes. Right. So it's like, I didn't have uh, stability growing up. I didn't, I was, you know, my parents separated when I was 10 I was living with my mother and like my mother was working at USC general <laughs> hospital. Ooh-ooh. Um, but she had to do it herself. Like And always sort of embedded those, those, uh, same principles. It's like, you have to work hard. You have to, you know, if you say you're going to do something, you have to do it. You know, that's sort of like the rule of value for yourself. You have to be able to keep a promise to yourself. And I, I always carried that even though I was like, you know, during high school, I was a bad kid, you know, but, but that sort of, Stayed with me, you know, and then when I was able to finally um, get to a place where I'm like, okay, I have to make a decision. It, I'm either gonna choose to go the route of, you know, my my socioeconomic norm, mm-hmm. the you know what is expected of me, mm-hmm. or I can be a rebel and succeed in life, yeah. right? And so I thought, well, why not just take a chance and commit to that, right? And so I feel like that same. Uh, you know, like I, I like to think about it as like the grittiness, like because you're gonna fight right to get to where you're going, and it's not that you're fighting anybody else, but you're you're fighting against
0: that own inner critic or your own self. It's the it's whatever's norm for you, like. what was was expected and norm for me was like I'd go work in a big corporate job. I'd be a VP somewhere eventually. I would, you know, have 2.5 kids and a dog or whatever they say. And I would have my mortgage paid off on a 30-year loan. And I live in an apartment and I don't have nightstands. And my husband quit being a corporate attorney to write movies and try to be a creative writer. And we you know, have nicknames for each other, and we have, you know, ways that we save in our life, Um, but we are nowhere on track for that life, and going against it, no matter what your norm is, and when no matter what is expected of you, feels, it's really hard at first, and it feels like you're going against the grain, and you constantly have to defend your choices and you constantly have to stand up for yourself and you and that's how you get where you want to go yeah you know
1: oh I love that so much because I feel like that's that sort of uh, resolve that sort of commitment it goes hand in hand just to tie it back to you know our relationship to our body is the same right it's like when we're able to get to a place where we can actually appreciate where we are and what we have and and move forward with that from a place of feeling so grounded and confident and committed i feel like that's sort of the key i feel like that's kind of the secret sauce to being healthy right i mean because you need that you need all of those things yeah so it's
0: It's sort of like yoga right because you look at it and you're like it really isn't about the destination like i someone come to me and be like i want to be a size two 120 pounds I want my skin to be clear, my, you know, like my hair to be like, I don't know, shiny, like pick all the things that they come to me for. And I'm like, that's great. Let's talk about the process of getting there. Like you have to like that, crave that and want that every single day or that destination is going to be fleeting. Like it might happen for you for five minutes and a day, a week, a month. But if you don't work on the habits and the lifestyle change and it really isn't a it has to be about the journey or it's never going to stick or you're going to just find that you're reading diet book after diet book going from fad to fad and it's, that's fine. Like, I have people that do that. They're motivated by a quick fix. There's, you know, I don't think that the internet, Instagram, all these like scrolling headlines help us learn how to create a journey in a lifestyle Mm -hmm. but it's ultimately, the payoff is way better.
1: Yeah. And I think that
0: to your point,
1: it's really about, you know, without sounding cliche, it's about the journey, not the destination. And I feel like creating a life that's way more sustainable in the long run is, is going to make you happier. I mean, that's, what's going to create joy in your life. Right. I mean, it is, you know, compared to, you know, yoga or or as a practice, it's like, there's no quick freeway to enlightenment, right? right? There's no, and the diets that are the quick fixes that's not that's not addressing the longer term goal of being healthy right so i mean as that that would be in my opinion i think one of the biggest issues that we have to overcome as women and in the society right this idea that we have to be perfect or that we have to look a certain way
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and we have all of those pressures of especially you know social media or how everybody else is doing this or how everybody looks on the cover of a magazine. So how do we begin to get past those things?
0: Well, I think, you know, the reason why I named my first book Body Love, even though it's a lot of science and a lot of food-related topics in the book and it's it's how to build a lifestyle, is that I look at body love as, you know, there's this huge body positivity movement. And I find that it's interesting. Like, I could have someone who's a size 2 size 22 and they, they can both equally hate their body and they can both equally love their body and it really is so much about, it's so much about how they love their body through movement, through food. It is those little habits that happen daily where if you get a good night's sleep, it's amazing how much better you feel. If you start your day with like a healthy breakfast, or you start your day with a yoga class, or a meditation, or you journal something, or you get something done on your to-do list, like the dopamine's being released, the happy endorphins are there, and we feel better in our body. It's it's those reminders to get into your body um, and to be in your body and not separate from your body. and that's how people, in my opinion, in my practice, when I work with people, that's how you find body love. It's not, it's really not found um, just by being like, I'm gonna look in the mirror and love my body, which by all means, like I'm sure there are like things, video courses you can do online to to get there and, and I'm sure that has worked for a lot of people. I'm just someone, I'm like a golden retriever. Like to lay down and chill out, like I need to go for a long walk. And that's sort of how I think about it in regards to body love. I just feel like so many times we just feel better when we put the work in. Yeah. Period. Whether yeah. it's um, you know whether it's the work of stopping the negativity negativity in the mirror, which that is definitely a a way to do that. Or I think what's even better, instead of thinking about all the negativity or thinking about all the things you cannot eat, the do not eat lists, the you know pointing out your flaws in the mirror and all that stuff. It's like, what can you do positively to add to your life? It isn't about about—it isn't about depriva- deprivation. It isn't about pulling and stripping away. It's, you know, from my standpoint, it's looking at your plate and being like, can I add some leafy greens to that? Can I increase the fiber in this plate? Can I add a healthy fat? Um, and I see that too with like movement. It's not okay on Monday, I'm gonna, forget it. I had a bad weekend or, what you quote unquote call a bad weekend, like I ate too much or we partied or we, you know, like I was lazy or I'm going to work out every day for 30 days. I'm going to start whole 30 on Monday or I'm going to, this is like, that makes me, I'm like, I want to take a deep (laughs) breath. That makes me like overwhelmed. And, um, and I think you need to start slow. It's like you you pick that habit, you pick a habit that resonates with you. Like if you need to drink more water, like start there, don't pull out your journal and write 10 things that you're going to do every day. Like you have to get good at one thing at a time. You can't just, like you said, the freeway to enlightenment, like you can't just jump and get there and you can't just use all of your willpower to be in this quote unquote healthy place for 30 days and be a good person. Like, you're gonna go through the emotional side effects of that. You're gonna, I don't know. I just. I mean,
1: to me, it's like being in an abusive relationship, you know, yeah. with yourself. Because all the it's time. like, right? You're going through these things. And then if you can't keep a commitment to yourself, then you're gonna beat yourself up over it. And then it's just gonna become that cycle all over. And then it's like, oh, I'll start next month. And then it's like, you're in this constant cycle of not being able to commit to your own health or your own, you know, your, your own word?
0: Well, it's so many times I sit down with some of, you know, I have some, I've grown to have some pretty amazing clients from A-list actors to like VPs of big companies. I, you know, billionaires, like you name it. And I, you know, I cruise up in my like same outfit that I wear every time, like jeans and a t-shirt or here's my, now I'm pregnant. Here's my linen muumuu dress. What's <laughs> up? Um, but you know, <laughs> keeping it humble. Um, but I show up, and it's amazing because you look at their life from the outside, and you're like, wow, damn. Like, they have it figured out. Like, the house, the car, 2.5, you know, <laughs> 2.5, plus the Right, right, right. And you're like, how do you get that half a kid? Um, but you look at their lives, and you're like, wow, they build these businesses, or they just have these amazing careers. And you get, you get into it with them with food and they're, you know, they're just like everybody else, and they, all of a sudden these like goals around food that they are trying to make non-emotional and then breaking, like, I'm not gonna have sugar for 10 days. Then they break it, and all of a sudden, all this confidence they've built in their business life or their career or their family life is being affected by an inability to follow through with some drastic food goal and i'm like how is this affecting your confidence your ability to follow through in other aspects of your life and you're it, you're literally letting food kill your confidence wow it happens to a lot of us it's something we can control really easily when things don't feel like they're in the right place it's it's a place of control it's like oh you know my my business isn't working out or my relationship isn't working out or you know, something's going wrong with my siblings or my parents are sick or, you know, and then the f- focus is like, well, I don't love my body, so I'm just going to do a diet. It's like, well, what's, <laughs> what's the reasoning behind the binge eating? What's the reasoning behind, you know, the craving of foods that release dopamine or make you feel happy in that moment? It probably has to do with these other things that we need to work on. Yeah,
1: so it's sort of the the primary foods yeah. example, right? So like the things that are really nourishing you.
0: Yeah. Or the things
1: that are really not nourishing you. Yeah. So what, what does it take for people, you know, uh, and I love that you, you write about this and you talk about this, how people at that level are just like us, like we're all going yeah. through the
0: same, you know, things, the same insecurities, the same anxiety, you name it, depression, n- insomnia, like all the side effects as of being a human.
1: Yeah. So how, what are some things that we can do, you know, um, and you talk and in the book, if, if you guys are listening, like this book is incredible. You have to, you have to read it. There's so many different ways and, and um, strategies that Kelly talks about to be able to do exactly what she's saying. Um, But for for people listening, I want to speak to creating a a commitment that's sustainable for them. So, like, what would be three things that you can tell people that are great segues to really commit to keeping a promise to themselves?
0: Yeah, um, well, I obviously love my smoothie formula. So I have a smoothie formula that's out there called the Fab Four Smoothie. Um, and it includes four components. The, those four things are the fab four. It's protein, fat, fiber, and greens. And it really came out of seeing that there was a drastic need for the understanding of what turns off hunger hormones, what makes you feel calm, fueled, what doesn't spike your blood sugar too quickly, and have you crashing down and craving more sugar and carbohydrates later, and all these smoothie and juice places popping up all over LA where I was really disappointed in the menus. Like a lot of times I'd go in and be like, oh, well, I guess I'm not going to get anything. Or, hey, can I build my own? <laughs> you know, it's yeah. just, it's unfortunate the amount of sugar that, are, that yeah. people are drinking in a very fast, you know, 16 ounce cup or whatever. Um, so I created this Fab Four formula and what it does is it helps people get out of their own way. Like it really turns off, it regulates over eight hunger hormones in your body. So protein does a really good job of strongly regulating for fat, has you releasing satiety hormones that make you feel calm and relaxed fiber and greens. This is like chia and flax in a smoothie or psyllium husk or acacia fiber. It sort of like depends on you. Uh, leafy greens could be spinach, kale. You could be a strawberry basil girl, and basil's your green. Um, you know, it just depends. But we're looking to actually physically weight your stomach and cause the stretch receptors in your stomach to activate. And we're doing that because when someone just drinks water or drinks a green juice, you're you're not getting the weight that is required to calm ghrelin, which is a really strong hunger hormone. So that's one of the reasons why my smoothies are a lot thicker than what you would get anywhere else. And I encourage people, like, if you want to add a little col- frozen cauliflower rice, do it. If you want to up your fiber, do it. If you want to use a whole food-based fat like avocado or almond butter, do it. Like, look to make it meal-replacing. Yeah. Or it's not really going to work in the way that it's meant to work. And so, you know, I won't even – I would a lot of times I won't even start with three things with a client who I see – I feel as overwhelmed. I'll just go there and say, okay, here is a good protein source, fat, fiber, greens. Let's make it something that you like. If you've been a, you know, Justin's peanut butter cup girl your whole life, like let's do a chocolate almond butter smoothie. If you're like a green smoothie girl, like let's do all the greens, the lemon, the avocado, like add some herbs, mint, whatever. Um, so you can really play with the formula with and create any flavor you want and. If you're feeling really overwhelmed and you don't even think you have the time to do it in the morning, like commit to doing it before bed. One thing, like one habit, if you can get that down for three days and then a week goes by and you've had your smoothie every day, then add a second habit. And maybe that's, you know, taking your multivitamins or your supplements with water and remembering to start your day with water because like a lot of people will just go straight for the coffee or the tea or whatever. Um, and movement, I think those three things would probably be like hydration, turning off, you know, hunger hormones when you feel hungry. And it doesn't mean that you have to wake up and have your smoothie at 6 a.m. I think, you know, I'll clarify that in the next book, but it's, it's you wake up and when you feel hungry, then you shut it down. And when you feel hungry, you shut it down later in the day as well. Shut down those hunger hormones instead of saying like, oh, I need five to six small meals a day, or I'll just have a snack to get by to like a normal meal time. Ask yourself, like, could I just have a meal right now and stop thinking about food for four hours? Yeah, I feel like that's part of why um, people
1: have issues with creating a sustainable uh, eating habit or ritual, because we have that, uh, we have an inability of of really asking ourselves when we're actually hungry or what we're really hungry for. Yeah. Right? And I feel like that's part of, you know, it creates so many other issues with other things because we want to sort of fill that void with stuff when it's like, if we don't have the ability to know when our body's physically hungry, I mean, that's, that's a pretty big thing, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, if in my perfect world, we'd all be on a school schedule, like we'd like get up and we would work from like <laughs> seven to three and everyone would get a break and everyone could leave work and go to their, you know, soccer practice or their yoga practice or like right. go get physically active because their brain isn't working at that period of time. They're totally burned out. All they want is caffeine or sugar. And it's, you know, it's, it's a hormonal shift and is paired with this blood sugar spike and crash. And I bet you... You know, 90% of the public would spend and do an hour to an hour and a half worth of homework later by popping their computer open and being like, okay, my like, brain's working again. I can pop back in here. But the flexibility isn't there for a lot of people. I mean, there are a number of entrepreneurs and people with flexible schedules, and I think, you know, that's phenomenal, and I think you should try and and, and continue to, like, cultivate that in your life. But it's not realistic for, you know... 75 to 85% of the people I see. So um, it is is really hard because what our immediate thought is when we're feeling low, when we're feeling tired, when we're feeling depressed, when we can't concentrate is all the highly palatable foods that might contain caffeine or sugar. And that's just going to dysregulate blood sugar and make you probably make more detrimental decisions later.
1: Yeah. I'm like, oh, it's just all of
0: these things that you would think are so
1: seemingly easy to do, but when you're actually in it and people have the, the pull of daily life and daily stress, it can be so daunting for people to even just commit to that, those things. So I, I love how you're saying, just commit to one thing, one thing that you can change, you know, so you can have some positive, yeah. Affirmation with what you're doing for yourself. And now a message from our sponsor. I am so excited to announce our new partnership with Teamy Blends. I am a huge fan of drinking tea. A lot of you guys know this already. And drinking tea has been an ancient remedy that has been around forever. It's the types of tinctures that I've had since I was a child. My grandmother would always make us teas for everything. And when Timi contacted me, I was really excited because I had already heard about the company and I knew that they really focused on creating the best quality of teas. And as I approach the holidays, many of you know that not only do I love to cook, but I love to eat. And so I'm really relying on these (laughs) teas to help keep me healthy throughout the holidays. My favorite currently is the Teami Skinny Tea. It has a blend of different leaves and it has yerba mate, oolong. There's some ginger in there and I've been finding for the last... 30 days that I've been drinking it, I've really noticed a difference in my health and in my body, which has been really great, especially because I'm always traveling and I'm always on the go. So for those of you listening who love tea as much as I do, I recommend trying Teamy Blends. Go to teamiblends.com or if you go to the show notes of this podcast, hit the info button and there will be a link to their website. Also, I would love to hear what blends you're loving. So always let us know info at radically and now back to the show. Um, I want to shift gears just, uh, a little bit and talk about, um, your pregnancy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a, a couple of questions. One of my girlfriends is, uh, just found out she's pregnant and, um, well, not she's three months pregnant. Yeah. She just told us that yeah, she's yeah, pregnant. She you know, just I found out. I just found pregnant. out she's pregnant. And um, I, I was kind of afraid at how she was talking about food, but she's had a and she's fine with me talking about this because I told yeah. her I would ask you. I'm like, I'm talking to Kelly tomorrow, yeah. so I'm going to ask her. But she comes from this idea of like, I'm pregnant, I can eat whatever I want now. Ooh, you know what I mean? That's and all so dangerous. Yeah. And so she's had, um, you know, she's had issues with like eating disorders in the past, and this this mm-hmm. type of stuff. She's in in a great place now. She's a yogi, and um, you know, I, I we had this open conversation where I I said I I just don't know that it's that that's what this means. I don't know that you could just eat whatever you want. I think that. It's still important for you to be mindful about what you're putting in your body, and so I I figured I'd ask the expert what yeah. what your opinion was on that.
0: Well, I I I think it's one. It's um I've, I see this a lot. I'll just put it that way. If it's uh it's a free ticket to food paradise, right? Um, and a lot of people will use the excuse, well, I'm not drinking wine and. Not drinking alcohol, and like I'm gonna have the cupcake, and there are definitely times when you are pregnant, and this happened to me. You have cravings for more carbohydrates. You have, like I had, I don't eat a lot of dairy. I had cravings for cottage cheese. That's something I grew up with, uh, eating as a little kid. You know, I wanted the bun on my burger. I didn't want to lettuce wrap. It like I wanted. Uh, crackers with my salad, you know, you, and and what happens is, is when people aren't feeling so hot or they're tired, it's sort of like that three or four o'clock hour for most people all day long. And so you feel these cravings and the, but the problem is, is when you think about those starchy flour, acellular carbohydrates, meaning something was turned into a flour first, it's a garbanzo bean flour, it's a rice flour, it's a wheat flour, that's acellular, it's been busted out of its fiber cell and it's a powder and then it turns into something else it could be a cracker, a pasta, a cookie, a pizza. That, um, that elevates blood sugar really really quickly it feeds gut bacteria, um, inflammatory gut bacteria like yeast and candida very quickly um, it, and it causes a, a faster and, and, and higher amount of insulin to be released into your bloodstream so every time that you're having those types of foods they're floating in your bloodstream. Your blood sugar is going up, right? And then it needs to come down. And insulin is released to pick up all that sugar and put it away. And the tanks in which we store sugar are your liver first. When there's no space left in your liver, it goes to your muscles. And that's like carbo-loading, right? Mm-hmm. If there's no space left in your muscles. Then it stores as fat. So you kind of think like your liver and your muscles are gas tanks. And when the gas tanks are full, your body is just not going to get rid of energy. It's going to store it so it stores it as fat and when you're pregnant, it's you tend to be a little insulin resistant, which means your muscles don't do a very good job of sucking up sugar. Why? Well, they're redirecting that glucose to the baby. They're redirecting that glucose to growth. And um, but the baby is like a, it's like a gas tank. It only has so much space. So what I do see a lot of times is I'll sit down with someone at the end of their pregnancy and You know, I would advise your friend of the same is I sit down with people who've gained 50 to 70 to 90 pounds in a pregnancy and they, they're 5'7", they're 5'6", they're 5'5", you know, this is a lot of, that's a third grader, you know, it's a lot of weight and water weight aside at the end of your pregnancy, um, that, it's, it just tells me that you're overeating energy and, um, and I, I get it because I'm, I'm here and I've, I've felt what it's felt like to, to easily start to be like, oh, I want to just add some Jill's Crackers to that. But what I would say is you still want to make the healthy choices around those type of foods. And with the keto and paleo movement, you have things like Jill's Crackers, Barely Bread, cauliflower crust pizzas, these replacements that are healthier replacements, because they're either made with more whole foods, but more because they have a lower net carbohydrate, so they're not, shut, you're not seeing that spike of blood sugar go as high. Also, when I sit down with someone at like the three month mark, and kind of what I had to do with myself was check back in. I had to be like, what's serving me? Do I, you think about it, like I've been pregnant this entire year, like, I had my New Year's cocktail and celebrated and then was like, okay, I'm ovulating in, you know, thirteen days, babe. So you're cleaning it up and you're being healthy because you want this little this little honeypot to be like ready to catch a poo bear or whatever. <laughs> like, you know, like you're just you're you wanna be ready physically and then we got pregnant and it's like I haven't, you know, I've been pregnant this whole year and when you think about that, you're like, if I picked up these bad habits in January or February and we are sitting here in September and this baby is due like the October 4th, that's a year of bad habits that then bleeds into breastfeeding because you got six to eight weeks on the back end of that, sometimes three months, where people aren't in the mindset to get back on track because they're not sleeping and they don't feel good and they've already created these bad habits around eating sugar and carbohydrates and then they call me at three months and I'm like, okay, we have some real work to do because you didn't just feed your baby and your body just isn't broken. It's that you probably had elevated blood sugar and I saw it with myself. Like I test my blood sugar with a glucometer and I have throughout this whole pregnancy, Mm -hmm. I didn't do my glucose tolerance test with my OBGYN because I had a journal of like, here's where my fasting blood sugar was every morning. And when I came in and told her like, I test my fasting blood sugar every morning just to kind of track. How is the food affecting me? And there were definitely, I mean, I'm, I'm, I haven't been restrictive in this pregnancy. If Chris wants to go to Pisana for gluten-free pizza, like we go. <laughs> but then I'll test my blood sugar the next morning and, you know, it's 90 or 92 or 99 where my fasting blood sugar when I started this pregnancy and got my blood test was 79. So I'm looking for a number between like 75 and 85 on a glucose test That's how I know that my blood sugar is coming back down and in the normal range. But when we get pregnant and we're a little insulin resistant and we're eating more carbohydrates, then you're playing in this elevated blood sugar range. And a lot of pregnant women are, which is why, you know, we have these gestational diabetes tests to make sure. So my OBGYN was like, that's great, Kelly, but I also want to see like the curve after your meal. So for two weeks, I want you to test an hour after each, each meal and your fasting blood sugar. Okay, fine. And then that gives me an idea of like, yeah, that a pizza really, you know, it took me to that pre-diabetic level. And it is a way for me to check in that's not like, oh, I'm jumping on the scale all the time, mm-hmm. right? But I will tell you, you know, I, I didn't gain a lot in my first trimester, you know, a couple of pounds here and there. Second trimester, I really had a good time. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I had to, like, we went on our baby moon and we the little things were just like, okay, like a little here, a little there. And I'm looking at the choices I'm making, like crack, my crackers are low glycemic and almond flour crackers. The pizzas that I'm making at my house are like cauliflower, pizza crust, whatever, net carbs. I'm not overdoing, I'm not having any sugary drinks. I'm not having juices. Like I really, I was letting myself have fun more often than I have. And I saw how easy it is to, like, for your body to respond. When you're pregnant, you never want to deprive. You always want to feel full. I always filled up on the Fab Four, Mm -hmm. just what I call the party plus one of the carbohydrate. (laughs) Like, I was just partying, like, a little bit more. And um, but it, what, was, what was crazy is the scale is interesting. The scale completely correlated to elevated blood sugar and elevated blood sugar in sort of that pre-diabetic state. I'm not... I'm, I'm human, you know. I'm, like, going to have these cravings. But I would... It's unhealthy for a baby to have high blood sugar. Yeah. It's unhealthy for a pregnant, for a pregnant woman. Um, it, you know, they will put you on insulin. You will gain a bunch of weight or they will tell you to change your diet. And you actually if you watch your blood sugar and start test, if you test positively for gestational diabetes, I've actually seen people completely have a healthy, you know, 20, 25, 35 pound weight gain for a full term pregnancy completely healthfully just by using a glucometer, just because they found out they were, they were, they had gestational diabetes. So it really, you know, it's a, it shows you that You shouldn't be gaining 60 to 70 pounds. It just isn't your genetics and your body. You know, maybe you're a little insulin resistant. Maybe you have some metabolic issues. Maybe you are prone to gaining weight a little bit faster, but what's going to tell you that is that glucometer. It'll tell you right away, like, what's your flexibility to have pizza? And how long does that keep your blood sugar elevated? And how high do you go? Because whatever doesn't fit in the tanks, you know, liver, muscles, baby. It's going in the trunk.
1: Yeah, your junk in the trunk. Yeah. Oh. So, do you think is having a glucometer something that anyone can get? Anyone can
0: get it. It's fifty dollars at CVS. Like, you wanna, you would wanna just start by testing your fasting blood sugar. So you start to see like, well, where am I? Where is my range? And then if you're interested in understanding how specific meals affect you personally, then you can test. An hour or two hours after a meal, and, and and or both at first to kind of see where that how high that curve goes up, and where it's when it's coming back down. You can test before a meal if you had a meal if you had a breakfast a certain time, and you want to know okay that was four hours ago. Where where does it come back down to? And you can start to learn your curve. I wouldn't, I would not advise it for someone who becomes obsessed with food because mm. they'll become obsessed with this like they would the scale. Right. Um, but I think it's informative. And I think because I'm such a science nerd, I like all of these tools. Like, I like a scale that tells me more than my weight because sushi dinner and I'm going to be up a pound in water retention, you know? <laughs> or a – and the same with the glucometer. And then I look at, like, all of the fad diets. I don't call them fad diets anymore. They're, they're – they're literally tools. It's like, why does ketosis work? Why does the Bulletproof Coffee work? Why does lemon water work for people? Or why does intermittent fasting work? It's not, it's, you didn't find the holy grail. It's not gonna save you forever. It's just a tool. The Fab Four is just a tool. The smoothie is just a tool. And the minute you start to think of everything as a tool, instead of subscribing to one specific diet or lifestyle, you create your own and that's gonna be the most truth for you. Yeah, oh, I thank
1: you for sharing
0: that. I, I, I feel like it's very insightful and valuable
1: for people that have, a, you know, sort of iffy relationship with food or they become obsessed or, you know, for women out there who are of the same mindset that my friend is where they think, oh, I'm pregnant now, I can eat whatever I want. So thank you for speaking to that. I think it's like, it's yeah. huge, you know?
0: Well, you just got to just reframe it too. It's so much more about her baby. Like, what what are you giving the baby omega threes? Are you making sure that you're getting B twelve? Does your baby have the you know does is the blood is the iron in your blood rich enough as it is you know Do you have vitamin D three like? you're getting these from foods. You're not getting them from a sprinkles cupcake, even though I love you, Candace. Sorry. <laughs> She's probably listening to uh, yeah. this too. <laughs> She's actually a very healthy eater, a sweetheart. Um, but, but it, if I was on the cup, if I was on the sprinkles cupcake diet, she would, she would tell me to stop too. Yeah. You know? So, um, it's, yeah, it's just, that's, that's the shift that needs to happen. It isn't your free for all for food. It's, It's getting to bring fresh life into the world and giving them a fresh start, yeah, and giving their genetics a fresh start, yeah, because everything from deprivation when you're pregnant, you, if 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 I was depriving myself during this pregnancy and I'm having a little girl or a little boy, but if I'm depriving myself during pregnancy, it can activate a gene in my child that is a survival gene that increases their body's propensity for putting on fat, retaining weight. It's a survival gene. So, okay, you diet when you're pregnant and then your child deals with metabolic issues of having an inability to lose weight their whole life. Or the opposite, you go ahead and have the sprinkles cupcake diet and you are, you know, like you're dealing with high blood sugar the whole time they're going to deal with metabolic issues when they're older, you know? So set your child up for success. These are, this is the most love you'll probably ever experience. And you got, it starts now. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Um, shifting gears
1: again. I'm like trying to just get all of the, I know I want to just, you know, ask you all of these, all, all the questions. Um, as far as creating, a grounding ritual um i kind of want to bring it back to to you and your own process you know so much about this podcast is is based around creating habits rituals that create more sustainable joy in somebody's life right so radically loved is this idea that we are um completely supported by the world around us you know like growing up it was always you know the the world is a terrible place or you're not supported, but, mm-hmm. but we are supported, you know? And I always knew at my core that that was true, that there was a higher power or source or something that radically loved us and was, was conspiring with us. Like the universe works for you, not against you. Mm-hmm. And so in regard to that for you, are there any sort of grounding tools that you use for yourself to keep yourself healthy, especially working with people? And when you work with people, sometimes you can take on people's stuff Mm -hmm. and you work with some pretty like heavy hitters in the world. Um, some pretty highly influential people. Um, so what is that process like for you?
0: Well, I found yoga when I was a sophomore at USC and, um, I found it because my very hippie, ethereal roommate, best friend named Carrie, who is in fashion, was like, let's let's go to yoga. And I was like, okay. <laughs> went to some place on Larchmont, and I grew up, like I told you, I'm like, cookie cutter, like I'm Catholic, I went to church every Sunday. I got <laughs> like baptized and confirmed, and like got married in the church, like these are all the things, you know, and so I'm like, okay, I'll go. So we go to yoga, and... Uh, the guy's in all white there's bolsters there's incense there's a lot of oming and um music and I did not feel like I was in my space or my element at all and she's like okay give me two more shots so like finally on the third round we went to this place called Maha which is like I know exactly where it is it's you know yeah. it's like a New York dance studio you go yeah. in, everyone's like hugging and they're like, what's up? And then they play Jay-Z and everyone does like warrior one, warrior two. And I was like, oh, this is a workout. I'm into this. I could do this. And it was like my gateway to yoga, Um, which is funny because I played in that arena for a long time. I was really open to that vinyasa flow, fast paced, this is a workout sort of a thing and loved it so much that I um, ended up doing a 200 hour yoga teacher training. And just learning more about the practice and practicing it, and going to different studios, and now drop me in on that, drop me into that class on Larchmont, and I probably would be would walk away with more than a vinyasa flow class with Justin Timberlake playing or Britney Spears, <laughs> but for a different reason. Yeah, more just because I meditate best. Through action, like for me, moving meditation works better. Breathing meditation works better. So f- for me, yoga and breath work are the two, the two, two of my favorite practices. Um, I'm doing hypnobirthing, so I have been meditating a little bit more. Wait, what is this? Tell us about this. It's just it really is trying to put your body in a meditative state um, and learning how to calm your body and open your body. And, you know, there was a study that just came out of Harvard, out of Harvard this week that talked about pain receptors and how much of pain is perceived and how much of it is real. Uh, Like, you know, those, those the pain receptors might be firing and the nerves might be firing, but the degree in which we feel pain is all based in the mind. And so that's pretty powerful. And getting to this, hypnotic state. No, I'm not going to be under hypnosis when I'm delivering my baby, but I'm trying to put myself in that mm-hmm. altered state. I'm trying to get out of my frontal lobes. I'm trying to get out of you know the concentration cortex of my brain and really try to let the subconscious take over because that's where I need to be. Like I need to feel safe in a very animalistic state mm-hmm. or in my body to breathe and be like, I need to be on all fours or I need you know, to feel safe, or I need to moan, or I need to ohm, or I need, you know, and that's, it's going to be weird. I mean, this is my first pregnancy. We'll see what happens. (laughs) Again, I'm going against that grain of like, this is this, this is what is socially acceptable. And this is culturally normal from where you come from. And this isn't. And I'm making my parents sound like horrible people. They're not, they're like the most amazing people, but it's just it's funny what's expected in life, you know? Yeah. So I'm going to be like moaning on all fours here pretty soon. But... That and you guys, it
1: might happen right now. So i just going Oh, my God. I mean, we're prepared. We'll, we'll yeah. you know, we'll get through it. So what? I'd be
0: yeah. I'd be, are you
1: kidding? This is like amazing. i pillows or rug or whatever. <laughs> Chewie would be like my little helper. He's like in the He'd corner. He'd be like, what's sleep. happening? Yeah, totally. <laughs> so as far as affirmations or words of wisdom that you've lived your life by is there like a a specific mantra that you've had for a long time or a certain way or certain something that you would say to yourself that you you could as far back as you can remember
0: um you know what's funny is when i was growing up my parents actually didn't expect like straight a's or anything like that my dad would always just say i just want you to try your best and trying your best is good enough and in fact, trying your best is the best. And it's like, that's really, that really has always resonated with me. And, um, and it's, it's, I've come from this place of like, if I'm trying my best, I can have whatever I want. I really, I really, really feel that it is sort of about timing and energy of the universe and how much you're willing to go out of your comfort zone and step out into whatever it is that you want. Um, so I come from, I come from a positive lens, even when the world is negative to me. Right. I mean, I sent out 12 cold emails to literary agents and I got three responses and I got one who told me, well, when your email list is 250,000 people, then I'm happy to go out and help you sell your book. And I was like, oh, great. So I have like 1500 followers on Instagram right now. And 250000 is what you're looking for, so I'll see you in five years? Like, that's not on my life plan, you know? And had I taken that, uh, you know, you take that rejection into yourself or you let it deter you and you don't, you know, you don't keep your eye on the prize, then you can easily be derailed. And so for me, um, it is it is this under, it's like a current un, like that runs under my life that is, if not now, eventually, and don't let I don't let rejection rejection like stop me. Yeah. You know, it's like being fear. It's really being fearless, and even when you're scared. Yeah, because I've definitely been scared.
1: <laughs> Shitless. <laughs> 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 like who uh, uh, uh. <laughs> here we go yeah no i i i can totally relate to that like, yeah. i'm going to throw up but it's going to be okay it's going to be all right um, if you could go back to visit your 15-year-old self what would you tell her
0: i would tell her to listen to Her intuition and to play in her creativity and to follow those passions, then because I was a freshman and I was taking high school health and it was my favorite class. And I got like a 99% in that class. Like it was off the charts, that and geometry. I don't know why, don't ask me. I'm like a math and science brain person, but those two, like that when you're 15 you're just like oh cool that was a fun class but you're not like how do I build a life about like how do I how do I follow that you know and um, there are certain families in which like that creativity creativity is cultivated and um, and I did all kinds I mean I played soccer like I was in dance I like did all kinds of stuff and it wasn't like I wasn't creative and I wasn't active and I wasn't playing but i just never stopped and thought like what do i want? and i don't know maybe the kids sometimes i meet with high schoolers and i'm like whoa that was really profound. <laughs> like i feel like they seem way older than i ever was when i was 15 but yeah i think it's important to start to to really and i'm thinking about that for our child too like how do I help them cultivate the life they want? If they want to be a yoga instructor, if they want to lead retreats, if they want to live in India, if they want to be a VP at a corporate company. Like I want them to I want to help them with whatever it is that they want to be, and the minute they decide they don't want to be that anymore, I want that them to feel like that's okay.
1: Yeah. What would your 95-year-old self tell you now
0: I'm proud of you like it was scary like it was really scary like I guess I don't really talk about that very much but I mean yeah it's I why would I leave that big corporate career why would I why wouldn't I move down to Orange County where my in-laws and my parents live and buy a house and like start a family and why would I push my husband to like leave the law firm if he was unhappy? Like I really I don't know. I for what maybe it is my parents that instilled that I could do anything and be anything that I wanted or maybe it's just being inspired by the friends and family that you know my friend family or that have helped me cultivate this, but you're never too old, it's never too late. Like I really think it doesn't really matter how much time and effort you put into something if it's not right for you. Like, why keep yourself in a miserable state? Why not take a risk and take a step in a different direction? And I think that was one of the biggest things that I did is, and now I'm living it, you know? And I'm really, really, really grateful every single day. Like, whatever, big clients aside, like, I would do this job for free, I would, and I do give time away to people, and it's, it is, yeah, it's crazy. I'm really, really grateful.
1: Thank you, that was, I love that answer. Um, wow, because it's it's so, it's so true. I mean, I feel like most people can relate to that in, on some level, you know, um, that that ability to um, thrive.
0: Yeah. Right? Just like help people too. Like yeah. I'm doing that work. I get to help people. Like I'm sure my 95 year old self would be like, pick up the phone and call your mom more. <laughs> but also, you know, and it's about the people. So yeah. the job that I've created is about relationships. It's about supporting people and being there for them and the human experience, which is really cool.
1: Yeah. So the... The final question, it's actually a two part question, is how do you feel radically loved and what do you radically love?
0: I think I feel radically loved like through energy and I feel that energy through the love for my husband, through my friends. Like, you know, when you see those old friends that you haven't seen in a long time and you just like pick up right where you left off and you're laughing like you're still in high school and you're. Like, that energy, like, that fills me. Like, I feel it. I feel pretty intuitive, and it. I f- feel like it just, like, fills me up. And I feel that same energy from the earth, too. Like, at, when I'm at the beach, when I'm not pregnant, I still get to surf. <laughs> when I'm, snow, like, in the snow or snowboarding, like, that energy can come from, I think, Mother Earth. It can come from, and it can come from uh, friends and family. And... Um, and the way that i reciprocate that is just by i think being grateful for it when i'm when i'm in you know when i'm at the beach or when i'm with those people and trying to be present and then trying to give that back and it's i think it's about being present like it's interesting cuz i i was at, it's funny and like going through this process of like trying to get ready for birth and i have a doula i have no birthing yes. doula and she asked me yesterday she's like are you religious or are you spiritual and i was like, You know, it's hard for me because I'm both. Like, I believe in something greater than myself. I believe that there is a God, and that you know, I was raised very traditionally in the Catholic Church. And then, in the same token, I feel like the energy from the earth. When you think about like the pull, the magnetic poles, and the currents of the ocean, and how that affects menstruation and the full moon, and how that affects how many you know how many more babies are born that day. Like we are in this energy vortex of, yeah, of life. And I just think it's a really beautiful space to be in and you don't have to be one or the other and you can be both and you can give back to both and be grateful for both and like the more the merrier. So that's kind of where I live.
1: Thank you so much. Kelly, you are so incredible. Thank you so much. I yeah. want to keep talking to you, but you know, we should probably like end the podcast <laughs> for the people listening. Where can they reach you for more
0: information? Um, so I share a lot via Instagram at be well by, uh, <laughs> be well by Kelly. <laughs> and, um, my, and my website is be well by Kelly, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all those things. And then my books are body love. So body love, um, that came out last June and then Body Love Every Day comes out January 2019.
1: Awesome. And so for those of you listening, all of the links that Kelly just mentioned will be on the show notes of this podcast. So if you click on the info and look at the details there, all of the links of everything we talked about will be on there, including where to pre-buy her new book, which is very exciting. And for those of you listening, we're actually giving away 10 copies of body love so if you're listening to this screenshot it share it on instagram tag both kelly and i and you'll get a chance to win a free body love book yay all right thank you all so much for listening kelly you're amazing i just want to thank you we didn't even i didn't even get to half of the questions that i wanted to ask you about the book in specific selfishly i'm going to keep you here to ask you personally But um, thank you so much for being here. I hope that we can do this again. Next time I see you, you'll have a baby. I know. Ah! All right. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Is there something missing in your life? Is there something that you want to do in the world to create an impact but feel that it's overwhelming? So many of us walk through life feeling unsatisfied, overwhelmed, tired, and desperate for a deeper connection, but don't quite know how to achieve the things that we want in life. Join us this spring at the Dunsky Castle in Scotland for seven days of yoga meditation and yoga nidra, all focusing on finding your life's purpose. During our time together, we will learn how and when to take action, how to lead from our heart and not our head, how to break up with our inner critic for good and dive deep into learning about desire and discipline and how this creates a purposeful life For more information, go to radicallyloved.com or you can message us at info at radicallyloved.com, subject Scotland. We'll see you soon. Hey, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I am so excited to continue to do this. Please share this with your friends. Email us. Message us on Instagram at Rosie Acosta or on Twitter at Rosie Acosta. Subscribe on iTunes. Write a review. We love doing this, so please help us continue to keep this podcast going. Thanks for listening.